Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the McCarty Ministries podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Don't forget, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you would, go rate and review us. Your feedback helps us reach more people, so we'd certainly appreciate that. In this episode, we'll continue to look at how we can position ourselves to serve our local church. If we want to not only be called, but chosen, we need to learn some lessons from those who've gone before us. And the Bible's full of examples of ordinary men and women who did extraordinary things for God. Why? Because they were chosen. And in our last episode, we looked at Joseph in specific, and we looked at how he demonstrated loyalty in his life and his calling. So loyalty was really that key that we pulled out. In this episode, we're going to continue to look at Joseph, and we're going to see how he shows us how to forgive. So let's take a look at the life of Joseph and see what we can learn from him. Our key verse for this episode is Genesis 39.2. It says this in the New Living Translation, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Our main points for this episode are, number one, forgiveness takes our focus off the hurt so we can focus on the call. And number two, we can't carry the cause if we're carrying unforgiveness. In previous episodes, we've talked about the fact that you are called of God. Everybody's called of God, really. While not every person may be called to be a pastor of a church or a missionary on the mission field, every person is called to do something of eternal significance. And maybe that's news to you, but it's really something we want you to get. Not only has God called you to do something personally, he's called you to do something corporately or as a group. And often that's fleshed out by serving in your local church. The local church is Jesus' main focus. Scripture tells us that he, Jesus, is building his church, and he's been building it ever since his resurrection. It takes resources to build that church around the world. That's just a fact. It takes financial resources, and it takes human resources. In fact, many local churches currently lack both. Sad reality. Jesus put it this way, quote, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. That's out of Luke 10, verse 2. So in other words, as Jesus is saying, your local church needs your help. So why did Jesus address a shortage? Why is there even a shortage in the first place? Why was there a shortage of laborers then and why is there one now? Truth be told, I believe there's a number of reasons for this shortage, and maybe you fall into one of these categories. I'll I'll give you four of them. First, maybe you're just too busy to serve. Life is hectic. You've got a lot on your plate, and your schedule is full. Or maybe you just don't have enough energy uh, by the end of the week or left in the week whenever it is that you'd be serving. So that, that could be the first one. The second category is this. You feel unworthy or unqualified. And really, we could spend a number of episodes addressing this concern. But for the sake of time, let's just, uh, let's just wait. The third one is this. Your church doesn't know how to manage people. Maybe your church leadership struggles to recruit and retain talent, or maybe they take or they don't take care of the talent that they have. The fourth one would be this. 
you have somehow disqualified yourself. So these are kind of the four categories as to why maybe there are shortages out there. I want to focus on this episode on number four, and I want to talk to you about this last category. You have somehow disqualified yourself, or, or you think you have. Over the next few episodes, we're going to cover some characters from the Bible that did some great things for God. In other words, they were called and they were chosen. And in each of their instances, we can learn how to make adjustments to make the ones that they made to position ourselves to be chosen. We can position ourselves to be chosen by God and by our church leadership for us to help with this harvest, or we can disqualify ourselves. One of the biggest arenas in life that you might struggle with is unforgiveness. If we're honest with each other, we've all struggled with unforgiveness. I've struggled with unforgiveness. In fact, you may even be struggling with it right now. But I want to encourage you today, you don't have to stay in unforgiveness. In fact, you shouldn't stay in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will hold you back from what God wants to get to you and what he needs to get through you. Unforgiveness, truth be told, can and will disqualify you. If we look at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, we see the story of a man who had plenty of opportunities to get bitter, and he had a lot of people with whom to hold a grudge. Consider the following. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and that was after they plotted to kill him. Potiphar's wife, the wife of the man Joseph worked for, tried to have an affair with him and then accused him of rape after Joseph rejected her. And if that's not enough, while in prison, Joseph's cellmates, a cupbearer and a baker, had their dreams interpreted by Joseph. The cupbearer, promising to Joseph that he would mention Joseph to Pharaoh so he could be released, never did. Time and time again, Joseph was betrayed, tempted, accused, hated, mocked, and forgotten. Yet at no time in the written record of his story does he harbor unforgiveness. At no time does he become bitter. No mention is made of his attempts to get even with any of these people, any of the people that he had uh, or that he could have held a grudge against. No, Joseph mastered the art of forgiveness, and as a result, he was used mightily by God. Not only was Joseph used to interpret dreams, he was elevated to the position of ruler over Egypt, second in command to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said this, You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Think about that. That's an amazing position for a person to be in. So this brings us to our key verse, Genesis 39.2. It says this, quote, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master, end quote. I firmly believe that if Joseph had harbored unforgiveness against any of these people that he could have, the Lord couldn't have used him. And Joseph certainly wouldn't have succeeded. Here's why, and it brings us to our two points. First, forgiveness takes our focus off the hurt so we can focus on the call. And secondly, we can't carry the cause if we're carrying unforgiveness. Have you ever tried to focus on two things at once? I'm no good at it. I am kind of a one-at-a-time guy. Some people can do it. I just can't. 
I, in fact, I am terrible at multitasking. The truth is, even those who think they can focus on more than one thing at once aren't really giving either thing their best effort and attention. It's the same way with our calling. It's very difficult, if not near impossible, to focus on the call when we're focused on our hurts and our offenses in life. Position yourself to be chosen by letting go of any offense. Focus on the gifts that God has called you to. Focus on the needs of your local church. Focus on the position to which you've been enlisted. Focus on that harvest that we talked about. Further, it's hard to carry the responsibilities of that calling when you're carrying the weight of unforgiveness. You're basically allowing the fence and the offender to live rent-free in your mind. Think of it that way. You might replay the offense over and over again in your mind. It occupies your thought life, and it even takes over your conversations. I don't know about you, but unforgiveness in the past has influenced my attitude, and it will for you as well. It's even been known, unforgiveness, it's been known to make people physically ill. Amazing. So let's be honest. You're going to be given plenty of opportunities to be offended, hurt, betrayed, or insulted. These things happen to us in our families, at work, and yes, unfortunately, even when we're volunteering at church. This is why unforgiveness can disqualify us from being chosen. If you find yourself getting offended because of what someone said to you, you might have trouble serving with your church's youth group. If you get easily bitter because someone didn't go with your creative idea, it's probably going to be difficult to be part of the worship team. And if you hold a grudge whenever your feelings get hurt, it's probably going to be hard to serve on the traffic or usher team. Unforgiveness creates division, and division in the church cannot stand. Scripture teaches us that a house divided against itself can't stand, and that unity, in fact, is where the Lord commands his blessing. The point is, if you can't forgive others, you make it hard for God to choose you and use you. Unforgiveness, it's been said, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Forgiving someone isn't always easy, but I want to encourage you to take the step towards forgiveness right now, right where you sit, right where you're listening. One of the best ways to jumpstart the process is by giving the person that you have an offense towards uh, or maybe the situation and that hurt over to God in prayer. Joseph gives us a great example that no matter what's been done to you in life, you can choose to forgive. And scripture reminds us that not only is forgiveness good for you, it's expected of you. It says this, Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's out of Ephesians 4.32. We don't have a right to hold anything against anyone for any reason. Why? Because Jesus holds nothing against us. And the second step is to take the first step first. What do I mean by that? You can't wait for the other person to apologize before forgiving them. It's not truly forgiveness if that's the case. Consider this, Jesus didn't wait for you to apologize before he forgave you. And I know he didn't for me either. So the second step really is to take the first step first. Don't wait for the other person 
to uh, ask for forgiveness, extend that forgiveness to them even before they speak. Romans tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that. It doesn't say that when we finally decided to apologize, he died for us. What it says is that he hung on that cross even while people were still shouting hateful things at him. So while Joseph is a great example to us, truly the greatest example of extending forgiveness is how Jesus extended forgiveness to us. And I want to encourage you, really take this to God. Take whatever the, the hurt is, the situation is, whoever the person may be, don't hold that grudge anymore. Position yourself to be chosen. Position yourself to be used by God and do so by taking that first step to extend forgiveness to whoever or whatever uh, you need to forgive. Before we bring this episode to a close, let's do a quick review. Our key verse was Genesis 39.2, which says, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And our main points were, number one, forgiveness takes our focus off the hurt so we can focus on the call. And number two, we can't carry the cause if we're carrying unforgiveness. In the next episode, we're going to take a look at the life of David to see what we can learn from him. While David was far from perfect, he was both called and chosen to do amazing things for God. Not only did he defeat Goliath, he won numerous wars, he led God's people, he was the king of Israel, and he even ended up being in the family line that Jesus would come from. That's pretty amazing. How was he able to do and be so much? He mastered the art of conviction. And we're going to talk about that conviction and what it looks like in the next episode. We just want to remind you, you can follow our ministry on Twitter and Instagram, and you can like us on Facebook. Just search for McCarty Ministry. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you don't miss an episode of these podcasts by subscribing to wherever you watch or listen. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd love for you to share it with others on social media. So don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can go to our website at McCartyMinistries.com. Visit our website for more details on who we are and what we're up to. And until next time, let's keep reaching the world for Jesus.